What's up, grinders? Tyler Tambaline here, aka Toe Tag and Tambo. Back for another video. This is another new one for me. I think after doing the other ones and after I do this one, it'll be a good time to settle back in, get some feedback from you guys, and just see what you want to see going forward. But for this one, it's going to be a recap. And that's sort of what the Mondays are going to be about. It's going to be a recap of the actual GPP results of the tournaments. It's going to be looking at some builds, some construction, some player pools, the winning lineups, my lineups, all those sorts of things that we can do along the way. Maybe eventually get to where we do some lineup reviews if people want to send them in and we can add that as a segment. But for today, I want to start off easy. I want, I want to just show you guys sort of what I'm doing. I'll preview, tease a couple things along the way just because there's a lot going on this week. We are coming off of a pretty good event. I think everybody liked that who watched it. Uh, crazy for the DFS sweat down the down the stretch. But um, what I would say is this, you know, Kenny and I, Ken, Kenny Kim and myself do the Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast. That's a tease, but I mean, that's where you're going to find even more free information where we're actually going to go through and dissect the player pool tier by tier, full recap of the actual event, all that sort of stuff. Uh, I will at the end of this go through some of the, the RBC Heritage pricing just to give you guys a quick sneak peek, but let's get into it. I am going to show you guys what I'm doing on here. You know, if you haven't done this yet or before or you're new or anything like that, I just wanted to start at the Roto Grinders homepage and show you where I'm getting all the information. I'm just going to PGA. I'm going down to the results DB, the database, not the damn Bach. Uh, you know, people just make fun of it as that. I'm changing the date to what it just was. So PGA started on the 11th. You can use it for other tournaments and other sports, but I just want to show you guys here, sticking with golf. It recognizes the classic slate, which is what we're going to be talking about. I'm clicking contests. It brings up all the contests here. Uh, it's got a little bit of a you know setup here where it's showing what the prize pool are, the buy-in, the max entries you could put in it, how many people ended up entering it. As we know, the Millie Maker had a little bit of uh, you know, overlay, so to speak, the, you know, not money-wise. They still hit their 2.5 or their 3 million. Oh, actually, I forgot. It started at 2.5, so I think they did just miss. But yeah, there was a, you know 13,000 or so entrants that didn't get in there. But anyway, I've got some of the ones already pulled up this week. I'm going to be looking at the Millionaire Maker. I'm going to look at the Clash. I'm going to look at the $3.20 max for those that have a little bit smaller bankroll. People a lot of times ask me, how can I get started? You know, Everyone that has 150 lineups can just enter everything, big bankrolls, etc. And that's not the case. You know, A lot of us, even myself, one of my original big PGA scores came in a week where I was playing like three, dollars $400, and 60 of it was in at the time a $3.20 max and ended up getting second for $40,000. So it does help to be in these. And it also helps you if you're not fully ready for something like a 150 max pool to fully MME a tournament. So uh, I'll go through that and then I'll do one at the end. I'll do the 2120 which is the pro shop. Uh, some of the, again, guys will have bigger bankrolls, but if you want to just sort of see how some of the constructions look, maybe take a small shot at my boy cards this week. Who's, uh, you know, had a pretty good result in it and he's going to be on the show Wednesday with me. I'm definitely looking forward to that. For those of you that don't have a premium membership yet, you're going to want to hop on, get a hold of one so that you can jump in and, and see what we're doing on Wednesday. The showdown show yesterday went quite well, I think, for uh, feedback. And everyone said I broke it down on Saturday night. The results, not so much, and is what it is. We'll talk about it next week. I think it was a good breakdown. I just think that the results were there, and some of those guys with the, the, you know, the hot putters stayed hot. So I'm going to start. I'll give you guys you know, the tournament that I did the best in this week. I actually ended up around down 15 20% on the slate. Uh, but I did have an opportunity here. You'll see. So this was the 333-3 max. And I just want to show you it first. I mean, the payout structure in this is really nice. It's fairly balanced all the way down. If you look, 12th place is getting $1,000 when first is getting 10. So it's, it's a really nice breakdown, fair payout structure across the board. Lots of big names in here that you guys know. Empire Maker, Go Sixers Go, 
Dasberg does quite well. You know, th- FJ Bourne, you know, these guys are all a lot of members, RG members. But I'll show you my lineup here. Finished in eighth. It was really, you know, like I said, a tough sweat. And down the stretch, it was quite frustrating. You're sitting on guys like Justin Thomas, Colin Morikawa, who are just ball striking extraordinaires, and they can't make a single putt from five feet. So I think Morikawa missed two we know of. Uh, JT missed a couple. JT had something like three gains, three strokes gained on approach and lost something, you know, unfathomable, like three strokes as well on the putting surface on Sunday. So um, when I get to the preview for this week, when you hear the show with Kenny and I and, and all the stuff I'm doing this week, probably going right back to Justin Thomas, as far as I know. But just to give you the breakdown on the lineup, if you remember last week, and it'll be a, a theme throughout the, the breakdown here. A lot of the chalk was sitting in around, or at least what we expected to be the chalk for the week was sitting around that 74 um, 75, $7,300 range, like pretty much 73 to 7,500 was where you were seeing all the chalk congregate. And if you look at my lineup here, it's essentially skipped 74, 73, 72 um, completely. And I went with a little bit lower ownership here. I wasn't quite expecting Connors and Joel Damon to come in that low. I, I expected maybe 10, 15%. Typically in these fields, I'm looking to run something along the lines of, you know, get a couple chalk guys in there that I'm okay with. And it's sometimes not by, you know, it's not on purpose. It just happens the way I break it out. But I definitely am making sure I have some of these low ownership leverage guys that I can see go off. And Taylor Gooch was the guy I really liked. He didn't quite get there. But I mean, making the cut, six out of six was all there. I think this just shows that you get a build with upside, skip some of the chalk in the middle. But I know everyone wants to talk about the Millie Maker. So we'll move over to that. Spend a little more time there. You know, the the mystery for everybody is this first place winner. Congrats to RBX88. I saw today on Twitter, he sort of just started an account back in December on Roto Grinders. He's got some serious scores under his belt. I think he has, this is definitely a second Millie Maker. He won one in NFL. He had a couple other second places in Millie Makers, I think both NFL. And then he just recently had a sixth in the MMA and, and something else where he was close again. So it just goes to show you know, keep grinding away, you put yourself in those spots to, to get lucky and you can have those results where, where it happens like this. So really good lineup for him. If you go over here and look pretty much the standard setup of what you're expecting to see in this, I think we'll, we'll start with his lineup, but then I'll just go through some of what I noticed in the top 10. But yeah, he's got Xander, Morikawa, Rose, Spieth, Kokrak and Connors. Interesting tidbit was obviously that he didn't have the eventual winner who was Daniel Berger. And we'll get into that in a second. If you look at second place, I know he had him. It's just crazy to see because Berger was actually owned 13% in this GBP. So it's not like a heavy chalk play. We'll talk about that again for this week. But I think you see on weeks like where we see the softer pricing or millimicro style pricing this week for the RBC Heritage is actually really soft. You know, I just teased and joked about that on Twitter where, you know, that we talked so bad about the structure being 44% to first. It looks like they know the way to fill it is through pricing. Everyone has a lineup that just looks incredible. That normally leads to it filling. So I may have to take the L and retract on them not filling it up again. I think they might have better luck this week, dropping it by 40,000 entries from the original in week one and going down to this. So back to RBX 88, uh, just a solid build, but if you look, go back to what I just talked about with my own lineup, with you know some of the ones you'll see, and like I said, stays a pretty high theme throughout. Not one guy at 75, 74, or 7,300, and I'm sure within all of his builds, he has that. We can check that in a second when I go to the ownership tab here and see what his pool looked like, which there is some interesting tidbits there as well. But if you look at it, uh, skip those completely. Got a couple low-owned guys in Kokrak and Connors. Rose ended up being a higher price guy, but the three nine K build really strong last week. A lot of people either wanted to use guys from above notorious. And I even joked when we did the Wednesday show, we said we should probably just be, I mean, it wasn't so much a joke as 
we kind of thought like this and just didn't fully execute on it. Again, within our pools, we did, but not overall, where we were just going to fade the entire top 10K range. That's what RBX88 did here. And in turn, he ends up with a million dollars and a ticket to the TOC entry. So get a chance to go to the Super Bowl with like a 40-man field and play for another million dollars with, I think, uh, only a couple guys so far. Petty Theft just got one in the in the LOL championship. And then Colin Drew, Drewby from Daily Roto, he got one at the NHL Fantasy Live final. And, and I'm not sure if anyone else got one there yet. Uh, I think uh, MMA is the other one, actually, I believe. And they're going to chop it up this week between three three or four guys that ended up getting it out of the Million Maker there. So Tom knows. Shout out to him. Uh, I saw him rocking a Tour Junkies logo. Good, good for him. He had two lineups. You'll see he just pivoted one guy. You look at the bottom, it was, you know, Sabatini in the first one ended up doing a little bit better than JT Post and JT Post made another strong run on Sunday. But yeah, just, you know, when you got the 150 lineups, it still is a little bit risky to say, I'm just going to change one guy. Um, so it does take some, some moxie there to do that, but with the risk paid off and ends up working out to the tune of 225,000 for himself. So good job to Tom Nose. Uh, one thing I would note and just going to tap through it quick before I spend a little bit of time on RBX 88's pool but if you look here, 50,000, looking at salary spent, 50, 50, 49, 8. And we know it was the one pivot. 50, 50, 50, 50, 49, 9, 50. And I know it's repetitive, but the first dupe actually, and this is a dupe, doesn't happen until the 10th one down and is still at 50. I only pointed out, listen, I, I've done some research and, and some pre-search on this to, to, you know, before coming on today. 77% or something of the field used 49, 8 and above. So it's no surprise that that's how it ends up. What I'm more pointing out and, and want to you know make a point on is that even at the 50, all these guys kept it unique. And if you look, the 1.8% guy, the 1.94% guy, I'm not going to go through all 1.85. You'll see they all have a guy that's around 3.3. The other guy had six, 1%, two. Like they've, they've all got a guy there and then RBX, 1%. You can use rules to sort of force that in, but I think it's better off just to use something like the overall ownership tool Right when you're building your lineups to do that, you'll you'll see they all use around the same 65 to 75 percent range and below. Um, that's probably a topic for another day when Cards and I maybe do the uh, lineup builder show on Wednesday. We'll go into some more of that, but I did just want to point that out. And if you go to the first dupe, ten and ten, tenth uh, place, SK Rod and J Ball Club 19. There's nothing they did wrong. These are fantastic lineups. I trust me. Losing 20 percent of the week, I'll take 8750 uh, even on the 3K and buy-ins. But I would say that if you look at their lineup, there's not a single play below. So it's not, you know, anything can happen. It's not what hindered them from winning it. It's just an interesting tidbit to point out and go through. And it was some of the stuff that was brought up. Uh, you know, I think Red Kachik, Drew Matthews here, does a show and some value plays on Roto-Grinders. He's on the driver for putt for show, um, show on the Tuesday nights. He was pointing that out as well, that most of these guys are using a guy below 5%. So it's just nice to look and see that, you know, the the trend is still standing. So if you go over to this ownership tab, and we won't do this for every lineup, uh, I want to just you do, do it this week for the Millie Maker, but you can click on RBX88. You see here that he did have the 150 max, and you can go to this, whoops, and just put it to that, and you'll see, um, sort of, sort of my own Zoom stuff was in my way here, but you'll see that, uh, you know, 36% Jason Day, 35% Kucher, 35% Im. I mean, these guys missed the cut. And they're his highest owned. So it really goes to show, you know, having that big portfolio, have some of those lineups in there. And, I, and I'm, you know, going to say that it's obviously in, in his builds. We just talked about having the construction the way that he did was what turned out to be the key. And for someone that's up there that many times, you know, th there's variance involved, of course. 
but he has to put himself in the position to get lucky in the first place. And for him putting himself up there that many times to have two millimaker wins and all those seconds and a sixth more recently in the MMA one, it just goes to show that, you know, it comes back to construction. And, and that's why I wanted to go through some of that with you on the previous page, just to show you how those lineups were built. Like he skipped all the, the chalk range and then still had the 1% guy in there, if not a couple. But if you go down his pool, he's getting a fair share of guys. I know I, I mentioned last week at the show with Noto. I am excited to get on this week with cards and see how he builds. Uh, they rehashed the Roto Academy stuff today, and I was even spending some time this morning on that. Uh, you know, just the clip that they posted on the Roto Grinders tweet about how cards are saying if you're using a lot of guys, and I don't disagree with them. It's, you know, again, it's each their own. It's your appetite for risk. Uh, but having him and I, who think quite differently on that, again, no right or wrong. It's just we, we both had good results with that. I think it's more about the fact of there's more than one way to skin a cat, so to speak, where you can build in different styles and still get there. And in pool sizing, you look, he had a lot of guys down here below 5% that he was just still taking his shares of. But if you look at his core, it's clearly up here in these guys with the key being on some of the ones that that ended strong. So he, he really just did have a one-off lineup that sort of hit. But it's, again, no no secret if that's he's done it that many times, that's why. So as I mentioned at the top, guys, we are going to spend more time on some of these bigger contests because I know everybody wants to go after the prize pool, the million dollars. We'll pretty much do it every week it exists on this show. But if you do have feedback on more things you'd like to see, I just I get I think it gets a little bit repetitive. We keep going, okay, well, what did Tom Nose do? Oh, here's what I know is that they all got pretty good pools that ended up getting on a winning lineup that won them six figures plus. So uh, that's all we really need to check out for this week. I think on the Millie Maker, it's, again, it will lead into some of the other things I'm about to talk about. But I'll move over here I want to jump into the 555. I am going to do sort of a, a, a low high, low high, because we went from a $20, now we're going up to 555. I will jump in a minute down to the $3.20 max, but I think this is a good one to look at. Um, the first thing of note is it was 619.5 that took down the Millie Maker. Here, break ribs, congrats to him. Uh, 618 gets the job done. So, you know, that's pretty close. That's pretty damn good when you think about a 555 to have a score. He blew the field out. USC burned 73 next in line and then a regular in Tom Papa Giorgio before all the other regulars, you know, the top three to round it out. Pretty low entries, you know, three, one, eight. It's not like they were maxing it with 60. Again, if you've got the bankroll to do that, that's amazing to each their own. I think that's awesome. You know, you can uh, scroll through and sort of see Flavor Flav was peppering up a little bit. A couple other guys had it in here. Mock Lovin, of course, Brandon Adams, all, all extremely good players. Uh, go Sixers Go stopped at 50, put a stop limit, and I see how that works. So, uh, you know, for, for each person to each their own, like I said. But the interesting part is more about how, just so you guys see, you, you don't necessarily need the, the Millie Maker winning score to take down one of these things. Yeah, there's some luck, some variance, you know, one lineup. But again, don't need 100 lineups either. There's also a lot of great satellites. If you guys spend some time in the DK lobby and looking at some of the satellites they put out, there is quite a few for the week that are, you know, smaller buy-ins to have a chance to get into this. If you're spending, you know, the hundred to $200 type bankroll, I really do recommend spending, you know, you know, just allocating a small portion of it to spending on something like this. Cause you can see right here, uh, you know, I'm not sure of USC Burns normal play uh, no disrespect. I just, I don't see it often. But if, if you want to look and you can look up his history, you can use things like results DB to go through it. But I would say, I mean, it could be something like a satellite for 19 or $38 that ends up getting him here. It only takes one good week and then boom, 125,000. So people want to know how you get up to these bankrolls instead of spending time on all oh, that's just because they've got all the money. How did they get the money? And this looks like a spot. Again, I, I think I've seen USC Burns enough to know it's not how necessarily, but just as an example, 
to show you guys. It can only you can get up there with one lineup, 125,000. So let's go to break ribs. Let's look at the lineup. I'm not going to say it's the the best lineup to look at because we did just look at at these high scoring lineups to get there. I will look at USC Burns in a second. Again, his would have contended quite well in the Millie Maker, but if you look at it again, Patrick Rogers really the only big difference maker, sixty seven hundred dollars, eighty three. But again, back to how we dissect the overall construction. A lot of people say, what is the best construction for this week? Is it stars and scrub or is it balanced? You don't always know off the hop. You can make some assumptions. You can make some theories. You can make some narratives around all the reasons based on the pricing that you see. But at the same time, the the, the, the this week at least, again, and this is why it's not a one one week fits all, is again, look, not a single guy in the 7,500 down to 70, or even the 7,000 range. But I'll just say, again, the main theme I noticed was skipping over that heavy chalk range of 77 or, or sorry, 75 down to 7,000, we'll call it this week. And like I said, we're going to get a little sneak preview at it. And I, you know, I teased it out on Twitter this morning, interesting price range. You've got speed 87, you've got DJ and Kepka right there behind them. I think it's 86 and 85 or, or 85 and 84. And the point is more around that looks like the range that's going to get peppered up this week. So that could be a way to build a little bit different and leave some of the, those guys out. So uh, again, back to break ribs lineup, amazing lineup. He had all the guys you need, you know, the Morikawas, the Reeds, Rose, all these guys, Berger, the eventual winner. They were all right up there. Got a great score to Fitzpatrick who I loved last week. And then a nice underdog play here with Rogers at 0.8 solid dark horse had an amazing Sunday. Again, nice score finishes at 83, even beats Fitzpatrick at, at a much lower tag. So you love to see that. But again, overall great score looking at USC Burns. I just want to bring it up because he did actually use the opposite. He did use some of the guys, the Domin, the answer, the burger. I mean, burger, he had yet to, you know, the winner for something like this makes sense. But like I said, he scored a lot less at 586.5 from something like you would need in the Millie Maker. But again, not a Millie Maker. You don't need it. Only 2,003 entries. Uh, and it did fill. So I would just say, if you look at his build, uh, fair and balanced, right? You know, he got 50,000 in there. He used a couple 9K guys. He didn't go all the way to three and then dropped to an 8K guy. But the difference here is another way to talk about just roster construction in general. Well, he did use some of the guys in that 73 to 75 range, even a very chalky play in answer who ended up doing very well. Another conviction play of mine, someone that I was on a lot of the guys here at RG liked Joel Damon was only 4.7. So he used a lower owned guy at that. And if you really think about it, a lot of the builds last week started with, you know, Webb Simpson at 98. He avoided that. Then you go up to the 10 K range, which was what forced all these guys in this range. So, well, he did use a couple of them. He used one lower owned one, and he also didn't use the standard build that started at web or above. So that's another way just to see that even though he used some of those plays, he was still able to get different at the top. So highly recommend you guys do this every week. Obviously, if you want to come hang out with me on this video, I appreciate it. Uh, You know, it's fun to be on here. I love talking about this stuff. If you can't tell already, Uh, this is my main passion, but I would say that it's something you should be doing. A lot of people just immediately look at break ribs and go, Oh, I can see what happened there. Well, yeah, no, no, you know, no shit. I'll say he had, he had the winning build. That's the obvious. So you got to be careful of just who you're looking at. I'm not going to do it every video. Again, this is the first intro video to preview it all, but you go down and see, you know, former rotor grinders, big T flavor Flav. I talked about already uh, Logan Harper, a guy who's really sharp Cubs fan, you know, sharp Tom Papa, Georgia, all these, you can spend time, but these are the guys that, you know, I'm looking at because I see them at the top of the leaderboards all the time. You think back to RBX 88, like I said, a guy who's just continuously up there and even getting the job done, winning multiple million dollar prizes. Those are the guys where I'm going to want to spend more time going to the ownership tab and looking at their pools and going to someone like Cubs fan 
who I've seen up here all the time, and just see how did he build his lineups. Okay, he took a way overweight stance on Rory. He took a way overweight stance on an underdog play, and Victor Perez didn't pay off this time, but imagine if it did. It's no secret that, you know, it's no surprise that if that had happened, he would have been in an even better place than he was, having a guy at 0.9% owned at 35. But what that would show is risk appetite. Again, you're not going to get into a lot of these spots if you're not willing to take these risks. So not going to spend a bunch of time on it, going to move on to something a little uh, less of a buy-in. But I just wanted to show you guys you know, where my mindset's at, what I'm thinking about when I'm doing these. So I will hop over here next. You guys will see it. It's another very large field, 99,000 people. It's the $3.20 max, something I'd highly recommend uh, getting your money in on because this is the type of structure I love, right? This is 250,000 total prize pool. 10% to first, 25,000. Yeah, it cuts in half for two, but guess what? You didn't win, so you shouldn't necessarily get as much. But what I do love is when you drop down here, even all the way down to 10th, you're still getting 10% of the first place prize. So this has sort of been the you know, odds-on favorite for what most people are looking for when they're talking about a balanced structure on something like DraftKings. Again, we're not all going to get our way, and I know there's other people that swear by the top-heavy because they want to make sure they're maximizing when they hit and to each their own. I, I love it. I don't care. Um, another thing here, guys, look, entries, six, 20, the max, but one, four, one, eight. Again, people asking, how are they getting these bankrolls? They're getting, they're, they're getting a week right. It doesn't just mean they're getting lucky. It does take a lot of luck to get that, to make it happen. But again, it, it can happen. And that's more the, the point. Get your lineups into these things. These are how you're going to build your bankroll. And $6,000 is a huge start. If you only had $3 to put into this, I highly doubt, it's no, no shot to anybody, but I highly doubt that this was, you know, Kusta was playing a bunch of 555s, maxing with the Millie, and then just throwing this in here by accident. This may just be the start of his bankroll and kicking it off and playing some small tournaments and good, good for him or her, I should say, you know, at, at third place, $6,000, very nice for a $3 investment. So checking out the winner, Mike V98, you look at it again. Nobody in that range. That's why I said it's a theme. I, I did do some pre-search before I just hopped on this video. Didn't want to, you know, be completely off the hip, but we, we go on tangents every now and again. But again, you look, the three 9K build, love it. Very solid. Skipped over Webb, said, look, I got some high upside. Can these guys win? Reed, Morikawa, Rose, absolutely they can. Course history and, and, you know, some good form coming in. And then I love it. You got the Gooch play, the, the play that I love there at 7,000. So to get it done with that, the the... Downfall, and again, maybe he's just had the bankroll for this, but Mike V98 had a point higher than what won the Millie Maker. So again, no shots intended, just you know everything we're looking at here and analyzing. It just shows you know, he put his money where his bankroll said to put it, and this is how he did it. And if he only had a picked one to go in the Millie instead of 18 bucks in here, he may have not landed on this choice for the Millie. So uh, you, know, you can look up too. You can say, okay, how did Mike V do? And it'll show, and we'll go all the way here. And I think it'll show anonymous, if nothing else. Look, his other five entries wouldn't even have been close. So just goes to show, if he didn't pick that one, and this is why you want to start this way, now guess what? He's got $25,000 to move on to this week and put it into play. So looking at builds again, like I said, it's it's leaving that 75 to 7K, you know, 71 range out. It's three 9K guys, all guys that had upsides that could have won. And I guess, you know, the thought process would have been back to what Noto and I talked about on last Wednesday's show, some of these guys coming off the break, the Roms, Rory didn't pan out on Sunday. Not all of them. I mean, Bryson was right there, but my, my point is more Webb Simpson and up was the fade. And there was reason to believe that they may not all come out fresh off the break. So love the build. Congrats to Mike V 98. Uh, and then lastly, guys, I just want to go through one more here. Uh, want to take a, take a look at the big boys. Want to look at cards line up here. 
Um, this is the 2120. I, I really like this tournament. I'm not at this myself as far as just risk appetite and bankroll. It's $2,120 to buy into. It's a six max entry. So you're getting in for just over 12,000, um, you know, almost 13,000. But I guess the, the bigger picture is, is you're only up against 200 guys, some of the best in the world, you know, but there's a hundred grand up top. It's still pretty nice the way the payout structure runs. I mean, you're still getting 10,000, which is 10% of first for seventh and eighth. If you go down, I believe 36, 37 people are pretty much doubling their money. So, you know, just under 20% are getting double their money. So I, I do like that. Again, it's not something that I see. I don't think they run satellites to this, and it's something you'd have to build up to, but it's something worth going after. I think in the future, you know, if you, if you have a goal or you're striving towards something, playing one of these, at, you know, at one point on the year or something like that could be a goal, or maybe you win 25 grand put 500 bucks away for, for your significant other, you know, a little bit of something to keep them happy while you're grinding away. And then on top of that, you know, use 10% of that as a treat to yourself. Again, not the best recommendation bankroll management style. I won't say that, but again, to each their own, I believe in something of a treating yourself. So maybe it's a 555 if you feel better about that. But I think if you have that type of win, like we just saw there with Mike V98 and you get 25,000, it's not a bad deal to, to treat yourself to something. As long as you know, that's what it is and you're using it from there. So Tom Papa Giorgio, we saw him. We saw Empire Maker. We know who these guys are. They were at the top of these other leaderboards that we saw. First thing you'll notice, the scores, right? Don't even, I mean, these are big money on the line, so you're not necessarily putting these high-variance, high-risk lineups in play. I still like, like Tom Papa Giorgio, having that one-off play of, you know, like a one guy under 10% just to keep yourself unique and to give yourself that chance to leverage heavily. Like if you look back to a Cubs fan who we saw used Victor Perez, it wouldn't have worked out this week, but again, he would have been not owned at all. I'm not sure if a uh, Cubs fan played this. You can always go ahead and look. And he did. I wonder if he went with his hunch. I'm sorry. I just wanted to look at that. He did. So if you look here, no surprise. Again, it goes to anonymous just because they didn't cash guys. But if you look, Cubs fan was in for the six. He did go with his hunch for one. Again, this lineup definitely wasn't one he's going to be proud of. I, I can see that right away. But at the, at the end of the day, you know, it's just taking those chances. But if Victor Perez had went on to be, you know, top five in the tournament, that lineup would have been, you know, in good shape. Again, results oriented. No, it wouldn't have because we just saw the other players in the lineup. But I'm just saying the idea of having a leverage play like that does make some sense. Again, you can also do it in the way that Tom Papa Giorgio did it in a guy like Neiman. And the reason I bring that up is we're going to look at our boy cards. We're having them on the show. Definitely, like I said, again, guys, if you haven't already thought about it, you want to hop on, get on with Roto-Grinders Premium. They're going to have the show every Wednesday with myself going through lineup HQ, building a player pool. We've got some good feedback on the first show and just going to go through and show you guys sort of how we're thinking on certain guys, how we're using those builds. If we're setting up any rules to the point of what I just talked about of maybe skipping some ranges or building some lineups differently so that they're not going to be the same as everybody else that we can try and leverage the field in more, way that, more ways than one. But I want to bring up cards because this is a, a good lineup here. You look at it. He only used one of the guys from the range that we talked about in Benny on Benny on had a really tough Sunday. I believe he had a quad on one hole where I, I would love to see that. I, I posted it out there on Twitter, but it, it didn't get to see it. I watched it on uh, Torcast on Shot Tracker, and it was insane. Like, I really don't even know what happened. I, I don't know if there's footage out there yet. If anyone has it, shoot it my way. You can follow me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. Send it over. I don't think there's any footage out there, but if there was, I would love to see it. But you look at his team, very, very solid build. Again, um, went a little bit unique. Skipped, not didn't do... Any guys at the top didn't do Webb Simpson, but instead of going the unique way we talked about earlier of using three 9K guys, 
he actually went completely different, used one 9K guy, a guy that could totally win it, almost won it in the playoff, uh, lost, but with Colin Morikawa, but that allowed him to get the 8K upside upside guys. So you look at Woodland, uh, Fitzpatrick, guys, two guys that I was, I think he had his conviction plays. I also had them, went with Daniel Berger, who was a guy he wrote up and on, uh, Finau, all these guys that can get a job done. Again, a 200-man field that he's in, you don't necessarily need to have 618 points. You clearly don't. Tom Papa Giorgio won it with 548, but he had all guys that have great upside, a lineup that was still unique. Um, the one thing I want to point out, and this is again, just a, a friendly shot at my boy cards. I'm not sure if he's going to watch this or, or tune in, but uh, you know, congrats to him. He won $20,000. I know behind the scenes, he's not a guy that shows it all off. He's very humble and I can appreciate that. Always been a big fan. As you guys saw on the show with Dean, I, I reached out to the cards three years ago to get some advice and it helped me get better as a player and look where I am now, right? Like it's, it's impressive just to see all the stuff that he continues to do. I know he got a ticket to the online fantasy golf world championship. That's a topic him and I might hit on on Wednesday. I'm not a big fan of the online one. I was, I get why now, especially no, no disrespect to anything that's going on in the world. That's extremely important. And I understand completely why it just, to me, it was a disappointment because we were finally getting a, a live event for, you know, the second time ever, but the first one is one most people don't even know about or wasn't really talked about at TBC Boston back in the day. Uh, small field, like 15 guys or 20 guys or something. And then FanDuel had one in Scotland. Um, but, you know, it's it's not really what th- what we expect to see with this one. But again, congrats to Cards. The one joke I brought up was, if you look who he had, first off, his draft, you know, percentage, if you look at his ownership, all guys above, no guys below 10%. And maybe thought some would be, but it's, again... <laughs> Can't hate a guy for a build at 20,000. The only reason I want to bring it up is a little bit funny to me is if you look at his score, 532.5, you look at Benny on $7,400, Tom Papa Giorgio used one guy under 10%, opted for Neiman over on 7,400, the exact price, which they both had it because they both used 49.9. I should note that 74 points at 58 and a half is 15 and a half. And if you add that up, to the totals, cards would have had $50,000 more and chopped first with a 3v3 unique lineup still, but they would have still had the same score and would have tied Tom Papa Giorgio for the 140000 top two prizes chopped for 70000 So uh, is what it is. These things happen. I don't want to, like I said, make, make fun of cards too much. Love the guy. Can't wait to get on with him on Wednesday. But I think that is kind of funny just to see the, the one play where you go under 10% like that and you could have had that play, that would have been uh, a result of 50000 more. So insult to injury. I am going to hop over here, guys, like I told you. I am going to preview this week. I just want to blow my screen up some. And I think I've got it up here now, do I? Okay, so I've got the field up, you guys. This is Lineup HQ. We go through it much more in depth, uh, twofold. One on Wednesday, as I've mentioned multiple times here with cards, I'm going to be going through it this week. But also, guys, make sure if you want more free content, Kenny and myself have the Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast. You can follow us over there on Twitter, on Roto Grinders. The show will be posted out. It's completely free, uh, hosted on the Roto Grinders podcast network. And it's going to be where, uh, you know, a much more in-depth, deep dive of these tiers and these prices. But since we have the pricing early, and if this continues to happen, I'm going to continue to do this for this show. I think it's a good idea just to look at it and just see sort of the pricing and what maybe little things that stand out or tidbits along the way. First off, you look at the top, they've added another guy from 10K and above this week. So you've got Rory, JT, Bryson, Rom, Xander, and Morikawa move up. So interesting to see what people do with a guy like Morikawa. Five-figure price range in a field this strong. 
You think they're going to leave some guys alone? Like guys might not go to Rom because how bad of a week he had. Rory had a great three rounds, but then a bad Sunday, and he's quite expensive. You know, you'll see everyone want to be on Bryson. Definitely not going to talk about him right now because there's already enough to rant about with all the the broadcast and how much they have to go through, how many protein shakes he drank every time. So, um, you know, it is what it is. They need a story. We'll go for. We'll leave that one for another day. You drop down. You got you know interesting one rate that pops out right away is is Matsuyama. Uh, haven't seen him in a little while, but re- if you remember, the last time we did see him was at TBC Sawgrass at the Players when everything got shut down after round one, and he had put up the first round leader, uh, and then everything got canceled. So uh, I think he's going to be an interesting play this week. A lot of people like Sung Jm. Rose just had a great week, and then are they going to go up to Morikawa at that five-figure price? I don't know, but I think if you look at guys that we would have been on any other time before this week, as much as we love Morikawa, you know, him and Matsuyama would have probably been more popular. So I think there's some going to be some good leverage excuse me, in this 9K range, uh, do people go back to Webb? Probably. I think Webb's the guy that, uh, you know, his price went down. I know that it didn't work out last week, but this is one of those situations where it's the opposite of speed. We'll get to it in a second, but everyone's going to still go back to Webb. They'll say, you know, he, he hurt them, he, he crushed them, but they think it's sneaky going back to them. It's not. It's the most obvious play of all time, and, and everyone goes back to him. So expect him to be in cash builds again, single max, three max, even, you know, some ownership in the Millie again. So, uh, you know, it is what it is. He'll, he'll get ownership. Spieth is the opposite of that, where it seems like, I don't know, he could be the same as that. But what I was going to say is I think that it's one of those situations where people say, well, it was all putter. He had all those putts over 10 feet. We know he can't sustain it, blah, blah, blah. But it just continues to happen, guys. Like the putter just never ends with this guy. It's not a surprise. It's insane. Trust me. I watched it. It hurt me. It crushed me but it just continues to happen. So it'll be interesting to see what everyone's take is on that. The price went up a little bit, but he's still under 9,000. Uh, again, gets another short course where he's had success on. Uh, he's had success on short courses like we saw at Colonial again uh, and just didn't come through on the on the Sunday. But at the end of the day, could he do it again? Is he a fair price? I said last week, I like him better. Again, I didn't expect the ownership that we got. I expected under 14. So I get why people said rather him as a bet than a DK play because they're looking at it from an ownership perspective where you're not, you know, everyone against the books versus everyone against each other in peer to peer on DraftKings. But what, I mean, we, I didn't expect that 21 or 20% or whatever he was, but at the same time at 8k, I said, I kind of don't mind him as a DK play. I wasn't on him heavy at all, but I said, I see why people would be because they just need him to make the cut six to six as hard as it is to come by. I think 5% got through. So people were saying he'll make the cut and then maybe have upside. So Everyone has their own opinion on that. I think it was fine. I think it's a very similar standpoint this week. But now we get to the area that's like last week. So last week I said it was the 75 to 71. This week it's your Kepka, DJ, no clue why Woodland went you know, to 8,400. And then Kucher at 83, another guy that like Webb will still get the ownership. It looks like a lot of guys will be able to build these balanced builds. That'll be something we say for Wednesday when, when um, Cards and I go into it on, you know, Knowing that, how do we get different? He might have some ideas, as you just saw with how he did it. Maybe this week you go three 9K guys and get a little bit different that way. So uh, I'm not going to go through all of them, but just some other ones to stand out. Hatton back, he was actually the most recent winner on tour, the Arnold Palmer Invitational uh, beforehand, uh, before the, the players got canceled with Hideki leading, and now before with the most recent winner being up there at 8.9K in Berger, just getting the win in the playoff yesterday. So Hatton stands out. Ricky, who's always popular, just looks like this 8K range is going to get peppered. Answer again, Fitzpatrick. Um, going down, 
just looking at some of it, you'll get some of the other plays, you know, J day, 7,600 terrible week. Uh, but is what it is, you know, it, it's popular. It looks like they might have, or maybe his price was even less. They haven't removed him yet. One note I'll make here guys is a final note. Kind of uh, Kevin Nod just withdrew. If you don't follow Rob Bolton on Twitter, you're going to want to follow him. He, he tweets out all the withdrawals and if there's any replacements and whatnot throughout the week, but he basically, um, just sent it out before I hopped on here, like half an hour before that Kevin Na has withdrawn probably makes sense. The only reason that it's kind of important because he would have been popular for the course history truthers and he didn't look good last week. He was already sort of nursing a back. So it definitely makes sense to me why he got out. And then you've got some other guys down here like Luke list. If you don't follow the corn Ferry tour, Luke list got the job done yesterday. Normally struggles. Uh, you know, he's had his ups and downs on the PGA tour. You know, he had a really close call at the Honda a couple years back where Got into the playoff with JT off of a very lucky JT bounce off the rocks to land up on the green and end up losing to JT in the playoff. But it's JT, guy that's going to win a bunch on tour. We'll talk more about him for this week. But uh, yeah, Luke List, fair price, 7.2K. Coming off the win, got to be feeling pretty good. Don't hate something like that. We'll see how popular he gets. And then you've got, like uh, I saw up there, you know, Graham McDowell, Jim Furyk, some of your Team RBC guys, Luke Donald's another course history guy. And we'll leave the 6K range for this week. That's going to do it for this week, guys. I hope you like the show. I am open. Like I said, I want to do these shows for the people. Like whatever you guys want to see is what I want to do. I hope this can help you see a little bit of sort of how I look at things, how to use results DB, a little bit of a preview for this week, and then just some of the builds and actual construction of how they broke down their lineups to get to those prizes and not just looking at someone because they won a tournament, right? How did they win the tournament? How did they get themselves in that position to have that opportunity and then come away with the big win? Uh, anything else you need, you can hit me up on the Roto Grinders Discord. I'm in there with the same tag at Totag and Tambo. And then if you want to add me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo, my DMs are open there. You can check me out, hit me up if you need anything. Any updates that I do throughout the week will be posted out. And then any little, you know, sort of Tambo's tidbits or things that I see throughout the week, I am going to post them and get into doing that a lot more. Guys, I'm not a golf reporter. Uh, you know, I don't, I, I appreciate respect what all these guys do that post everything around the, the golf course, the golf. Uh, you know, players, all that stuff, or, or what this guy's doing with his weight, what this guy's doing with his swing, equipment, all that. I don't really care about any of that beyond the fact I read and consume all the content because it could help me in DFS. But everything that I post is going to be more around being a daily fantasy sports reporter of having the stuff out there that you guys actually need that you're going to use to your advantage in building lineups or maybe in, you know, working some lines when it comes to betting and seeing what some good numbers are throughout the week. Cause uh, you know, that's another area that I'm passionate about and like, but I'm not going to have all that other news. That's why I said, if you follow Rob Bolton, if you follow guys like Jonathan wall for equipment, all, all these guys have that stuff. I'm trying to put out stuff as it pertains towards daily fantasy. So again, follow me on Twitter at toe tag and Tambo. Let me know in the discord or on there, anything you guys want to hit me up with a mention of what you liked about this show. The other shows that I did, if anyone, if you have premium and you're looking at both the free and premium shows, And other than that, good luck this week. Check us out on the Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast, and we'll see you guys soon.